Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Jason and Steve, and no poem today. Steve, I did not bring a poem. Sorry. I, I could probably mess around with violets being blue and roses being <laughs> red, but you, you, you don't want me Spare to impro yeah, improvisate yeah. here. So, Right. Yeah, please, uh, please uh, leave it to the professionals, right? Right. Um, well, leave that nonsense for the classroom. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. Well, let's let's just hop right into it. Then the conversation today, the question uh, that we sort of decided uh, we wanted to talk about was: Should literature be fun, and should teaching be fun? More, I guess, more specifically, should teaching be fun? Um, and, and yeah, and I want to I want to shape that just a little bit. Sure. Uh, and we could talk about both. Yeah. I don't What's know the, if the question? Right? <laughs> I don't know if the question's the clearest. It, okay. it, is is it? Are we talking about should the classroom, the experience that occurs in the classroom, be fun, or mm -hmm. are we saying that the overarching life of a teacher should be characterized as fun? I think that there's probably mm. a much much greater possibility that there's going to be mm. some fun moments in the classroom. Yeah, sure. Than characterizing the entire life of a teacher as fun, although many have commented on the fact that given what teachers are paid, they must enjoy what they're doing. <laughs> um, right. and, and generally speaking, that's I think that's true. I think that that I know some teachers that don't enjoy teaching, but I don't know that they're teachers. I they they're 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 doing something because that's what they need to do in order to earn some money. But true teachers don't just wait till they have a classroom and a, and a salary. They're, they're they're teaching all over the place, so to speak. Uh -huh. So right. the, so the the vocational teacher wouldn't want to do anything else. Let's put it that way. Is that a, is that okay. a place to start? Yeah, that's a that's a place to start and a place to end, right? <laughs> um, yeah. That that uh, sort of, I mean, you've you've uh, brought in some terms, I think, that are pretty helpful. I don't know when you, when you see a question like this, I think a, a common way of approaching it is um, you just break down the words. Okay, well, what does that word mean? And then once you've decided uh, what the word means, you've you've pretty much written your answer in the definition of your terms, right? Um, and you've brought in some good ones like vocation that I think are enormously important um, in bringing fun, certainly, but also even more important uh, sort of qualities to a life like fulfillment, um, you know, happiness, uh, flourishing, right? Uh, contentment. I, I, satisfaction, vocation, joy. Yeah, satisfaction. Right. Yeah. Those, those yeah. Um, like vocation, understanding vocation is going to be heading you down that sort of path. Um, and I think it's right to, to go that way. Um, so vocation. So if, yeah. So vocation, the notion of calling, the notion that, that you've got to have it. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the hardest aspects when I was in administration was finding the right, not not just finding good teachers, but finding the right mix, because I don't think there is a singular it in teaching. 
there are certainly some common characteristics, but each teacher is a little bit different as well. And a good school doesn't have, you know, cookie cutter teachers lined up. They mm-hmm. have a great deal of it, it's just the difference in the in the in the various subjects, right? We we mm-hmm. we laugh and joke and have a good time about, you know, a math person walks into my English class. There's a, hey, <laughs> you're, you're this is not your territory type thing, right? Um, and, and and we're we're good good natured about it. But the fact of the matter is, is as good a teacher as I might be in the humanities, or even my minor being in in biology, some of the sciences. You start pushing me off into like physics or, or chemistry or, or anything that's mathematical, and I'm I'm not a good teacher there. Does that make okay. me a bad teacher, or does that just mean I know that that any given teacher has their places, has their uh, has their calling, has their niche, has their spot mm-hmm. from which they teach? And 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 yeah, I. I I don't look down at some chemistry teacher because they would not want to teach English. That's not their thing. Right. So um, they thoroughly enjoy something that I would be horrified (laughs) to to try and teach. Stoichiometry, what in the world? Get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, people. You just start crossing off units and hope it ends up right. Yeah, I agree. Um, there, There does need to be a sort of, um, okay. So then I guess you're sort of saying that fun is an indicator. Let me put words in your mouth. Um, fun is an indicator that the right teacher is teaching the right thing. Yeah. I think it's tough to have someone assigned to teach something they don't enjoy. Sure. That's probably the best way to put it. And that the student immediately picks up that this isn't their cup of tea. They're kind of coming at it. Uh, I don't want to say lackadaisically. <laughs> well, just without life. I, uh-huh. I get, you, know, yeah. you know, yeah. We, we, let's go through the motions. Here's a test. You know, the, as opposed to, hey, guys, I can't wait to get you into this. You know, my students mm-hmm. fuss at how much I like Shakespeare because they yeah. don't like it as much as me. Right. Uh, but I do think that they like it more because of my like of it. <laughs> then if mm-hmm. I walked in and said, okay, they require me to teach you a play from Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So, right, right. Eeyore. If you come in yeah. like Eeyore. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's not a, yeah. <laughs> Much more a, a, a piglet or poo mentality fits the... Yeah. yeah. Maybe even owl, but but poo or piglet have got it, you know. Right. Uh, in, yeah, there's the a place classroom. for owl. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, piglet, I think, uh, is definitely... Although he's a little timid. Okay, let's let's uh Yeah, so coming okay, soon. good. <laughs> coming soon a podcast on Winnie the Pooh. Right. Which which um hundred acre wood character are you in the classroom? No, um, don't do that. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Okay. So no, this no, this moves perfectly uh into um where I want to go with uh this question. So um as I am wont to do when I have a question um, that involves words, I go to the OED, Oxford English Dictionary, uh, because it has tremendous and wonderful uh, etymology help, right? Um, and so uh, in addition to the etymology, it also has um, first usage, 
Um, you know, like it's it's uh, the important usages of a word. And so when you look up the word fun, the uh, it was used uh, originally as a verb. Well, sort of there are two uh, usages, verb and um, noun or adjective. Yeah. The first, yeah. the very first usage, though, is a verb um, in 1685. And the uh, it is a verb. OK, to cheat or cajole a person out of something to trick <laughs> or deceive. Yeah. Okay. So, and it has that, it sort of still has that ring. We've, I think we've almost lost it just to, and, and I think the word fun almost only now means, um, pleasant or like, uh, sort of makes me feel nice, uh, makes me smile. But I, I do think that that's still sort of there, right? Like this, this trick, like let's have some fun, let's trick. Um, so, and, and that's, that's the usage that it, it picks up pretty quickly. Um, I, I just think interesting to note uh, that that's how it started though, right? An act of fraud or deception, a trick played on a person, a joke. Um, so Shakespeare, Shakespeare in the yeah. classroom, <laughs> right? You tricked me into liking this, Mister Elliot. <laughs> right. I almost forgot exactly. we were reading Shakespeare. Yeah. Right. That's funny. So uh, you know, I think that's a. Uh, I I, I want to have that context, or I want to have that um, prior usage in mind as I'm answering this question, because. Uh, well, first of all, just because I think it's good to sort of have a long definition of a word rather than a very short one. Um, and the other is because I, I, I want to recover this notion of, um, you know, trickery or of being willing to do like some sleight of hand. Um, I don't think that that is out of place. Uh, for the teacher, just like you mentioned, right? Like, oh, you've tricked me uh, into into learning. Uh, I think that's appropriate. You know, yeah. I, I think that it's it's almost inevitable that when a, a teacher who loves his material um, and his students gets going, then everybody's going to get caught up in it. And all of a sudden, it's not only the the students who are tricked, uh, by the material, but also the the teacher himself, and that kind of begs the question. I like the I, I, the word going through my mind as you as you lay out the OED is the notion of surprise. That okay. that if I sit down with a piece of paper, and I say, okay, next week, I'm going to do thus and so and thus and so, and I'm going to build a fun lesson plan. <laughs> there's yeah. a there's a very strong possibility that I'm way off base. Yeah. Whereas if I plan out getting into whatever it is that we're studying, uh-huh. and if I enjoy it, and I have I have carefully laid out the the right question. You know, I don't want to get too deep into the to the lesson planning methodology right. here, but 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 I have an idea, and I know what it is that I want to do with it. And I've laid out a reasonable uh, a sequence of events in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Part of the fun of, quote unquote, the classroom is not knowing exactly, they not knowing what's coming next. 
Okay. They being surprised that they actually liked it because inevitably the ones that already know they enjoy the subject come in every day. What are we going to learn today type, you know, they're already sort of at the level of joy. This is my favorite class. And they just want to know what great lesson you have for me today, Mr. Elliot. <laughs> but but the ones that that cause the question, should teaching be fun, mm-hmm. are the ones that are finding it difficult to enjoy. Maybe all of school, reference mm-hmm. some of our thoughts about the comparison of prisons and schools. Right. <laughs> Maybe we just aren't providing them with an environment that's conducive to learning. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot there's a lot in it should be fun, but we often work at not making it fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but but the other is it's sort of surprising a student who's not predisposed towards the subject that, hey, there is. And, and, and that that that's the question that's being begged. What is it that would make them say, I enjoyed this class? Is it mm-hmm. is it distraction? Is it entertainment? Is it practical use? Is it, mm-hmm. oh, I'd never thought of that before. It, it, and I don't know that it's the same thing every time. Uh, unfortunately, our society tends to talk about a fun park, you know, a, 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 an amusement park where we're going to get right. to them. Fun is the presence of not thinking. <laughs> yeah, sure. Ah, uh, music. We build parks to amusement in America. What is that? Right. Um, well, and, and it's very sensory oriented. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like. Uh, overload of senses, right? Yes. Loud yes. music, um, bright colors, fast roller coaster, like um, that. Yeah, we sort of equate uh, those things a lot. The the and, and, and our entertainment reflects that today. The notion yeah. of a sustained scene in a movie, or deep dialogue, or uh, very subtle aspects. Uh, j- just the, just the notion to the average high schooler today that oh boy we get to go visit an art museum or an art gallery most of them are like eh, that's not fun mm-hmm. you know whereas a, a, a lover of art is excited uh, right. somebody with a deep love of the cinematic arts might might be much more engaged by that quote unquote slow boring movie than somebody who just went there to be popped at, you know, to, to, to be yeah. surprised every moment yeah. out of breath when they come out of the theater because they they just threw so much at me. Uh, so, so expectation or appetite or preparation would seem to be part of what we're talking about here, that the classroom is only going to be fun if, if the, if the student and teacher are seeking something that can be found there if they hmm. if they want out of it something that it's just not able to deliver, um, then that's a then that's a false spot to be in. I don't. Yep. I don't know. Yep. And so I, I hate to do it, but um, what you just said takes me uh, straight to to nobody's surprise. Agricultural metaphors, right? <laughs> like you either. Um, if you can't grow it in your classroom, then you have to bring it in um, like sort of uh, fertilizer, right? You have to, you have to bring it in. And so it's yeah. not surprising that there's so many um, apparatuses uh, and um, 
tricks and games and uh, posters mm. and things that are for sale because um, cultivating that sense of surprise and that, um, gosh, I, well, let's just stick with it. Fun, like cultivating that in the classroom is much more difficult than buying some whiz bang thing that um, works for a little bit. You know, yep. um, and so, and so, yeah, like buy manure. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. My, my grandfather would have had a problem plopping down good money for stuff that my cows could provide with for me already. <laughs> right. That's uh, but, right. But but that's I mean, that's teaching. That's going back to finding people who have it. Right. Some just give up on it. And lecture the kids right into the, under the floorboards, right? <laughs> they just they just drone. Yeah, I mean, you know, I they, laugh, but that's that's horrible. That's a the terrible only motivation, uh, existence. The only motivation that's that's there for the student is I got to pass this class, so I better take a lot of notes and memorize and and pass this test because because he's not doing anything to make me pay attention. Right, uh, but, and again, it's the, external motivations, right? Like you have you've had to farm out that like the student would not choose to be there. And so uh, the school must put in place policies that goad the the student into showing up. Yep. 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 To, to, to not return to our discussion too much about the, the like the comparison between prisons and schools, but mm-hmm. I w- I've worked in a, a youth detention center. They wouldn't have called it a prison, okay. uh, but a, but a, but a place for students who were uh, young people who were too young to be tried as adults, but old enough that they couldn't stay at home and had done crimes that were big enough, uh, mm-hmm. arson, thievery, right. murder. Society and, said they needed to be away. incarcerated, but mm-hmm. it's more like a tough school than jail. Okay. But, but when they weren't, at their books, they were in their room, and it was Spartan. It, uh, it was not a pleasant experience for them. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things they could do to get out of their room on the weekends is come here, uh, a spiritual lesson, a sermon from one of, from me or one of my friends, uh, followed by a half hour of playing foosball with us while we tried to talk oh. to them about what was said. So. <laughs> So we had just about the whole detention center showed up for our what they called church service on Saturday nights. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were not there to hear a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> they were mostly there to get out of the room. But it always – so again, back to the it. Some of the folks that worked with me looked at it very utilitarian. All right, right we're just going to come – we're gonna we're gonna shoot our little sales pitch. We're gonna play the foosball because that's what we do, and we just hope it does them some good. Mm-hmm. I was working out my theory of education, and I hear I had this very tough audience, right? So, right, I I thought the Socratic method was all. It's what I enjoyed when I was in school. I love teachers that just ask questions. Okay, cool. Because uh, I like to talk. And, and so uh, some of us were able to get the kid 
to forget why he was there. He was no wow. longer escaping his room. He would get if if you in a in a place like that, there are certain questions of moral content <laughs> that if you ask them, these kids have strong opinions and I will want imagine. to express them. And yeah. and so I I do believe that that the that the classroom obviously there are teachers who have gone to the other extreme and mm -hmm. as you said have have pretty much purchased uh, a trip to a trip to their class is a trip to you know uh, six flags Disneyland. over yeah. yeah six flags over history class and right. uh, <laughs> and so you know what what new ride do you have for us today teach Right. And they and they just suck up all of the, especially in the in the technological world we live in. There's a new thing to download every yeah. week, right. and that's how some teachers uh, supplement their income. Teacher teachers paying teachers is a big deal these days. Where yeah, one dude comes up with this week's flavor of entertainment. And a whole bunch of other people from across the country download that and use it in class until that starts to lose its shine. And that's that's kind of the thing with me is if you're if you're importing fun into the classroom, it's got a short shelf life. Right. Uh, just right. And, like, and that's 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 right. I mean, how could it be? Um, it wasn't grown there. Right. Like right. Uh, jokes are funny because you use them again. Like because you're you're uh, endlessly um, kind of joking about that one time or like altering the joke, uh, but if you just bring something in and you use it, okay, well there you go, that's it. You you have to you're like a stand up comedian. For that to work again, you have to go somewhere else and and peddle those things again. Well, and comedy is an interesting aspect to bring into the conversation because. Even the best comics don't have them laughing continuously. Mm -hmm. They're they're mm -hmm. moving from one setup and punchline to another setup and punchline. I mean, some of them, you think like a Rodney Dangerfield, it was one-liners. Sure. But even there, you, at the start of the sentence, you probably weren't laughing. At the end of it, you were. And then yeah. that's over. When you when, when people can hear him again, he starts another sentence. So, so – so some teachers can can I I guess get you having fun more often, but but I think a wise teacher recognizes that there's enough aha moments, enough epiphany, enough. If, I, if I'm throwing synonyms like crazy today, uh, there's enough <laughs> for fun in the classroom to buy you some time to get to the next moment of uh -huh. wow. I, I, a whole class, you know, 180 45 minute classes in a year can't all be one continuous wow. Right. You might disagree, right. but but I but I I I just don't see that happening. Mm -hmm. Or or else wow becomes boring. Right. Well, again, the sensory. It's like yeah. it's a sensory overload thing, right? Like the reason uh, a fast roller coaster is crazy and fun is because it's not something you often do. If 
if we all took roller coasters on uh, to, to work in the morning, right? Um, we were doing loop-de-loops in the open air, then it wouldn't be long before it was just like, all right, like whatever. You're drinking your coffee on the way. Well, it's my, you know, father's, like, my father's view of roller coasters. He's a, he was a hobby pilot through much of his life. He had flown in, oh, wow. in jet fighters. Now, he wasn't a pilot in Korea, but he was a mechanic on the F-86 uh, fighter. And, and so from time to time, somebody take him up and give him a spin. And so <laughs> he gets on <laughs> some roller coaster where they got all these signs, you know, remove all loose articles and Three minutes later, he's going. Is that it? (laughs) Really? Uh, Come on! You know, because of what you're saying, what you're used to. Yeah. And and I think that this is a this is a a a flat flesh eating bacteria that some people get caught into. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to have my kids laughing and having a great time and smiling twenty four seven in my classroom, and you're conditioning them. To be bored, yeah. Because right, you're dig you're digging yourself a deeper hole. You can't possibly top the greatest lesson ever. <laughs> so, right. but tomorrow's going to be better than today, and today's going to uh-huh. be the greatest. And then tomorrow's going to be greater than the. We we see this in so many different ways. You know, I see this every year with my school's prom. Well, we can't just do what we did last year. We got to, or, or or my neighbors with their Christmas decorations. We can't just put out last year's. Dec- we got to we got to something out there that we didn't have let it's got to be bigger better and and if a teacher gets caught in that trap you're gonna hit a you're gonna to put it in economic terms yeah you're gonna to put in economic terms you're gonna hit a recession right correct like, there's got to like be a correction at some point <laughs> right right you can't uh endless growth uh, endless sort of laughing and, and ratcheting up of the stakes. Um, it only works so long and then the bubble bursts. Uh, but, we, so, but, yeah. but we're playing tennis with almost two different ideas. The one is sort of the feelings uh, engendered by the artistry of the teacher. Mm-hmm. And the other side of the court seems to be the, the natural outcome of a uh, of a sensitive soul moving about in truth. Does that, mm. does, I, I don't know if I've been clear here. The one is sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Try that again. I, the the, mm-hmm. the one is sort of, I, I'm going to, I'm going to get you to enjoy this by doing things to you. And the other is I'm right. going to get out of the way and l- allow you to enjoy what we're talking about. The, the thing itself Mm-hmm. Part is the first one is the teacher's ability to engage and to know how to to bring enjoyment to the student. The other is that if, right. if you love your subject, you love it not because you've made yourself love it, but because it's it's made you love it. You yep. know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to Definitely. make Shakespeare enjoyable. I'm trying to get them to see that he is enjoys amazing. Yep. And and, and yep, yep, yep. I, I feel guilty if I try to tinker with him or or, or uh, make him more relevant or or something like you know pl- right, mess right. with him. Uh, I think I think when mm-hmm. I start doing that, I start messing it up. Like repackaging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look at this. Co- yeah. Now, and even there, there's we're talking about something that's a teeter totter, right? 
because I've realized rather yeah. quickly in having high school students go through Shakespeare, we often watch it and then and then they read through it in sort of a reader's theater type thing, but they but they like to be up out of their seats and they like to try and at least generally stage it. They don't have it memorized, so they're they're married to their to their text. But yeah. if we're doing the last scene in Hamlet and they're supposed to mm. be sword fighting, I'm an idiot if there isn't some sort something like a sword in two of their hands. So, you know, yeah, the, sure, I, of I, I'm cheap. And so the PVC came out and we've got two dorky looking <laughs> PVC swords, but they've got something when when the text says and they play, you know, they're whacking something right. together. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. asking them to do the all the work. I'm, I am allowing them props. I am allowing you know, we, we do use apps and stuff in class that will help engender the 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 atmosphere of the class. But but I hope it's not those trinkets that make them enjoy my class. I hope it's the fact that we're taking them through some really good literature. Or or I, I, I would say the same thing in any other class I've taught that you know, biology by itself is just flat out interesting. You could you could mm, okay. well you never had me as a teacher so uh, but uh, again uh, when I was faced with a class that didn't want to take it it caused me to invent this thing and I don't think I invented it but I put together a, a course called Socratic Life Science that started with a singular question what is life and about okay Five weeks later, when we were done arguing about that and what the characteristics would be and what it is and what it isn't, and is a robot alive and so blah, 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 which they found mm-hmm. fascinating. It was, well, this is more like philosophy than science. But now I'm – so if these are the characteristics of life, which is where most life science texts begin anyway. This was seventh, seventh, yeah, that's this was right. seventh grade class. Um, if, if, if that's the case, then let's – Let's start talking about these characteristics and how they work themselves out. Uh, you know, we're going to not spend a lot of time on the fact that a living thing reproduces itself just because Mr. Elliot's kind of timorous about <laughs> taking sure. over what he feels is your parents' duty. But, but for instance, right. uh, uh, the, the, that it that it's made up of cells is a really big concept that has a whole lot of sub questions. So, so let's just and and. I talk to a lot of teachers that tell me that the the most enjoyable – the thing that makes learning the most enjoyable for their students is seeing how it it works together, not just mastering a whole bunch of little analytical parts. And and I think that there's something to our question today that that learning is more fun when it's synthetic than when it's just analytic. Yeah, that it. That, and I, I think that's right. I, I I think that's right. And I go ahead. Go I, ahead. I think that's true in any field, right? If you mm-hmm. teach foreign language just from the vocab, I just want you to know some basic words, and don't ha- help them see how it all works together. Maybe even some of your OED stuff, the 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 uh, origin of things, and what what was the what's mm-hmm. the language back behind this language, or how did it develop, or the. That, that's when you start giving them that kind of insight or the puzzle starts coming together into a completed whole 
to me, that's when they start getting excited. Well, I, I, I feel like I understand it now as opposed to, well, mm-hmm. what you get on the test? I don't know. I, I, I didn't I didn't study that part at all. And yeah, I had no idea that. Did we game the system or not? It's not near as fun as I understand something I never understood before. Right. That's right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, you've been talking and I've been listening and I've also been thinking though about your students with the swords and Hamlet, right. And they're, they're fighting, um, and, and they're, you know, kind of doing their, their swordplay thing. And I've been thinking about that, like, that's not the traditional, uh, at least, or the, like the contemporary way that Shakespeare has been taught. Shakespeare recently has been taught with everybody sit down here. We're going to talk about this because you already read it, or maybe we're going to read it in class, right? Uh, so when you have somebody up and doing that, I, I guess the question that comes to my mind is, um, is that a more or less faithful or uh, good way to encounter Shakespeare's text, right? So basically, uh, the student who's sitting down and the student who has a sword in his or her hand and is uh, fighting somebody um, as they're reading lines, which one of them is really reading Shakespeare? Um, I don't. I don't actually think I want to choose in that question. Like whatever. Um, well, I think that you. Can... The, re- the the reason I ask it. Yeah, go ahead. It's interesting that you would put it that way because I don't. Shakespeare wrote the play, and so we are reading Shakespeare, but sure. they forget about Shakespeare because they're reading mm-hmm. about Hamlet. They're meeting Hamlet or mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet or Henry V. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of Shakespeare is that he gets you into his characters. And, and so, so for you, you're saying they forget that they're doing biology and instead they're meeting life. Yes, right, okay. exactly. And, okay. Um, I, I think it's a criminal activity to force a kid through a geometry class if he has no uh, meta concept of what geometry is as a as – a, as a, you know, right. we, we jump to the monkey see, monkey do – and, and I don't want to get too deep into math methodology because I'll get I'll get bad fast. Uh, don't worry, <laughs> folks. I've got a podcast coming up where where a friend of mine is going to talk to, about math education. But but part of the reason I even bring it up is because I think every subject has a narrative has a, has a has a meaningful hole to it that that yeah. that is much easy. It makes the it makes the journey much more pleasurable if you understand what all is going on rather than just this thing that I want to get in your head so you can get it on the test and we can agree that you know it and move on and you're never going to think about it past the test. That's just – that's a waste of time. So Absolutely. They get to the point where – I'll just give you one example with Hamlet. Hamlet comes across a dude digging a grave singing a song and he's He's blown away that this guy is so calloused about digging a grave that he can sing a stupid shanty song while digging the grave. And he engages this fellow in a conversation and realizes that he's a unique and interesting and very literal. In, they, 
they they go through all of these equivocations, right? Is right, you right. Know, lying in the grave versus telling a lie in the grave, yeah. and all this kind. Of, but but in that conversation, the, the the sort of iconic moment in Hamlet, outside of to be or not to be, is of course when when Hamlet is pictured. If you do illustration searches on Google, you're going to see an actor holding a skull. Mm-hmm. Because the gravedigger has introduced him, Hamlet, to a skull who's Yorick, the, the former court jester that Hamlet knew as a kid and used to ride on his shoulders and hear all his jokes. And he's like, this is his skull. And, yep. and he says this amazing thing that most of my students, because they're fighting with the language and they're just trying to get through this thing and, and we're almost to the end and, well, Mr. Elliot, please stop interrupting. We're just trying to read this thing. Mm-hmm. Hamlet says to Yorick, dead Yorick, the skull, an inanimate object at this point, mm-hmm. go tell my lady, paint an inch thick to this fashion you shall come. Mm-hmm. And most of the kids are like, I don't have a clue in the world as to what he's talking what? about. What's paint? What? Right. Yeah, what What? inch thick? What? what? And, and I just don't. I'm a jerk. I don't let him <laughs> toss it off. I think that there's a point there. Uh-huh. I, I try to teach him Shakespeare doesn't toss lines off. They, they've all got a purpose. They're, they're, something's going. So who's my lady? Well, it's either his mother or Ophelia. That's the only two we know about. Okay. And we know Ophelia's dead, but he doesn't. Right. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because right. if York, the dead guy, could go tell dead Ophelia yeah. to paint an inch thick, what would – ladies, what would he be telling her? Well, maybe he's talking about makeup. I think he is. <laughs> I think he is. Is an inch right. thick appropriate with makeup? Well, no, that's gross. That's just rude. Mm-hmm. Why is it rude? What if the well, person no, was dead? <laughs> yeah, well, nobody needs it an inch thick. Unless they're a skull or going to become one. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know you young ladies, makeup is all about accentuating the beauty that's there. Uh, but trust me, by the time you hit the second half of life, it's about trying to hide what's there. <laughs> trying to, try to prolong the youth rather than highlight it. And, uh, and he's, you know, so, so they forget that this is Shakespeare and this is hard and that I might be t- – they're just thinking. They're just right. – why would the – well, all we know about Hamlet, and it's towards the end of the play, so they know a lot about Hamlet and him and Ophelia and the character of Ophelia, etc. They've met these people and they're now considering why would someone say that? And mm-hmm. and they've already heard – you know, the, to be or not to be was a long time ago in the play by this point. And he's already had that that conversation when he thinks he's being sent off to England to be killed. Are we are we just beasts that are here to eat and sleep? Uh, you know, he's he's a deep guy, and so they follow yep. him into the depths of his thoughts. And and it, it, again, forget the mundane nature of coming to English class and slaving through it. It the 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 surprise that the OED was talking about, almost the fraud. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're yes. not. You're not in an English class. You're at a graveside, mm-hmm. talking to a wh- wacky dude and talking to a dead skull. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, where are your jokes now, dude? That's a, it's just a great right. scene. So yeah, 
No, and I, I think that's right. So the fun then, um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to sort of wrap it uh, up, not necessarily even to end the the episode, but just to sort of uh, make it clear in my own head, um, you know, that fun is an indication that things are going well. I would say. Um, yeah. certainly, certainly, uh, it could be, um, uh, oh, 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 you know what, what is it that Robinson Jeffers says? He says, um, oh gosh, he's talking about the love of man. Um, and, um, hold on, let me just look it up here. I'll sound smart when I edit this, uh, Robinson <laughs> Jeffers, um, shine perishing Republic. Yeah. Okay. So fun then. Okay. Uh, in Je- Jeffers in his, um, shine perishing Republic, he's talking about the love of man. And, uh, he describes, uh, that as a clever servant, but an insufferable master. Mm. Um, I think that fun in the classroom functions much the same way that as yeah. long as fun is in service of the conversation, uh, which is what education is, right? Um, drawing students into the conversation of humanity. Um, as long as fun is in the service of that, and as long as it's happening along the way, uh, fun is a fraud, right? A very clever servant. Uh, but it is an insufferable master. When you t- when you uh, move uh, things out of order and you place fun, uh, sort of as the primary objective, yep. um, yep. you, you've, you've really run afoul and, um, you've deceived that, you know, maybe if I can pun on it, that's, that's where the real deception is, right? When we teach students that fun is the goal rather than, um, the flowers you smell along the way to the goal. Um, what we've, what we've taught them is a lie. Yep. You know, that's, that, that's a bad situation, uh, to be in. That's well summarized. Very good. We need to do a, we need to do a podcast on hierarchy sometime and how that, that, you know, the ancients talked about loving the best things best. Uh, fun is, fun is wonderful in life. It's just not life's only point. And I, I, yeah. I, I think that that's just as true in the classroom as it is in any other part of life. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, everybody, thanks for uh, listening in. Steve, thanks for uh, talking this out with me. Um, have fun as you pursue truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>